0: hello and welcome to the race ff podcast i am your host and today i am not by myself i have um well in this whole series i've been talking about how i'm building this car and how the idea, pretty much what I want this car to do is I want it to be a reliable seat time type of car um, for road racing with NASA and other organizations as we dialed this vehicle in. And one of the main reasons why I'm choosing this car, besides trying to go into Honda Challenge, is because, in my opinion, um, my fiancé just hasn't had the vehicle that I think um is conducive for her to get comfortable in and um to really put in the seat time. So, we're picking up from the last episode talking about the track day event and I can't really talk too much about how the car felt or how things w- went uh from my perspective because I didn't really even drive it at Big Willow. So, today i have my fiance caroline hi glad (laughs) to be on
1: the podcast yeah
0: well i mean it's only two episodes so far but yeah this is the other person that the car is um being built for essentially and that's what i'm uh that's the whole reason of making this vehicle is to kind of follow one of my main competitors in tt6 and tte back before uh the letter groupings were removed in NASA's uh, time trial series, was to kind of follow what Chuck and Debbie Sharp do, where Chuck does the Spec 944 racing, and then uh, Debbie does the spec, or not spec, but uses that Spec 944 in TT6. So they share a car, brings costs down, and I mean, you and I have been doing track days, starting off with your Mini Cooper and then the WRX.
1: Yeah, and the TSX, too, for uh, one event.
0: Well, I, I was just focusing on the vehicles that you have, and then right now we're with the Miata, and it's the ND Miata. and The Miata's, like, really nice, really new, and still has car payments, so it's kind of hard to push, I think.
1: Yeah, it's also still under the warranty, so I want to preserve the
0: yeah. newness. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, it, it's very different, Um Like, the Miata is still, like, a really, really... I think it's pretty fast for what it is. Because it's rated at how much horsepower? Because you have the one that's not refreshed, right?
1: Yeah, I have the ND1 rated for 155 horsepower at the crank. And I believe, like, 140 pounds torque. Somewhere on there.
0: Yeah, and it also still, like, a Miata weighs very little. So... Like what's the curb weight on it? Like twenty three, twenty four hundred pounds or yeah, something.
1: I think with me in it, it's closer to twenty four hundred. Oh okay, yeah.
0: So we were talking about the um, NASA event and how that was our first time out there. Um, I didn't drive the car at all, and I believe when you were getting ready to like take off, you you drove the car. I think. Driving the car to the track was the longest you got to drive the EG. So tell me about that.
1: It was definitely uh, spine jarring for sure. (laughs) (laughs) After having the creature comforts of a much newer car on stock suspension with a full interior, Mm -hmm. um, new seats, and all that stuff, uh, definitely driving it to the track was probably the most uh, filling, rattling. Um, But other than that, it was mostly just keeping an eye on the temperature gauge. Um, It was kind of peaking up and down, so that was making a little bit nervous, like going up the 14 into um, the Antelope Valley. But other than that, it was a nice time to get acquainted with the car. Um, that was also when the alignment wasn't, you know, as perfect as it is now. Mm-hmm. So just reconfiguring my visual center with the steering wheel to the actual straight that the car was going.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the alignment wasn't there. I mean, the last time, uh, um, the last episode, I talked about how I tried to take it to, I think it was Mountain View tires, something yes. like that, and the way that they mount it their like, alignment um, I, I don't know what it's called but the thing that they mount onto the t- wheels, um, it just couldn't mount in because the wheels that I have are kind of narrow because they're the OEM uh, 99 Civic Si wheels and the tires kind of poke a little bit more so they weren't able to do that so because of that we um, we essentially sent it the way it was and by we, I mean you, <laughs> oh, <laughs> because <boy. laughs> like, because this was the first time you've ever driven on something that's this old. Because all of your cars were new. Like, I, even, even your first car was still like a late 90s vehicle, right? Or was that a 2000 something?
1: That was a 2004 Ford Mustang. Oh, yeah. V6.
0: Four speeds of glory,
1: but my parents bought it for me
0: brand new as soon as I got my license. So that's the oldest car you had, you've ever owned. Correct. And really, like, driven on. I'm sure you've probably driven other old cars, but that was the oldest vehicle.
1: Yeah, in terms of something with my name on the pink slip, yeah, that's the oldest one. Yeah,
0: so me and Caroline are sharing this vehicle. So it makes, you know, building it a lot easier because you now are splitting some of the cost and it 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 helps out especially if you're out there road racing you know that anything you can do to bring the cost down is kind of big um so caroline was mentioning about overheating issue and that was just something that was still stuck in our minds from as i'm sure people are well acquainted with with the first two episodes that just like the overheating issues that i've had and how i narrowed it down to the thermostat but still like you know it's kind of hard to get out of that mindset you're still like kind of traumatized and caroline is like that's her first time driving the car for an extended amount of time so that's I, i can see why she was like worried about that what was going through your mind when you first went out there to the track like once we did the paid registration in and you were lining up, like, tell me what was going through your mind right there. Cause... The first thought, don't die. <laughs> I don't want to
1: test 27-year-old airbags. <laughs>
0: airbag. airbag. Yeah, the singular the airbag. The singular airbag. I think it wasn't until the 93 models that they had a passenger one. But you were, you're fine. You're you only really need one airbag if you're going off in front. Like
1: you're, you're fine. It's <laughs> all of the mental images of, oh no, I'm going to eat it out of the, out of the exit of the Omega. I'm going to fling the car off the track. I'm going to do this crazy barrel roll. The thing's going to collapse on me, and that's how I'm going to go- die. It is in an old Civic.
0: No, <laughs> that's my life well, story. Well, I mean. I, w- I would hope that you wouldn't go off because I- I'd figure you wouldn't be pushing super hard the first time out. but yeah, so when we first went out to that track event, I was instructing and you were you were driving so when I was instructing i w- I didn't have an opportunity to go ahead and uh, watch you more than like a couple times like passing through so how how was the traffic the first event?
1: I don't recall the traffic a lot other than me being the literal slowest person (laughs) on the track. I probably spent a good solid two and a half laps just literally pointing everyone by like, hi, my driving skills are a little rusty. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in a completely different car Mm -hmm. that's way slower than what I'm used to all these other things so yeah my arm was pretty much out the window (laughs) in terms of giving everyone point yeah
0: and and to be fair like I think you were the only I want to say maybe even the only four cylinder out there
1: Uh, Pretty much the only car that was making probably less than 100 horsepower to the wheel with really bad toe in (laughs) on the front. Passenger side. Yes. And there was also a first-gen NSX there, so I immediately felt
0: very small. (laughs) Yeah, but there were, like, Camaros and Mustangs and stuff that had, like, sticky tires. So, I mean, the fact that you're pointing people by is not because, you know, there was a first-gen Miata out there that was slower in terms of power, but... You um were getting passed by everybody. It was literally you're in the intermediate group with NASA, which is a pretty fast group. So
1: yeah, it was literally anything with a sneeze more torque and horsepower than I had. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, just go. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be in your way. Um,
0: but yeah, that that's good though. Um, the fact that you know you don't have to feel like you're battling with them, and you don't need to you. Pretty much a lift for anybody at that event. So, yeah. So, what was the um, peak mile per hour? Because I remember you were telling me it was, like, mid-80s or something.
1: Yes. So, there was one lap where everything came together beautifully in terms of corner entry, the apex, the corner exit. And the fastest I could gun it down after this beautiful line through turn nine was, like, 85.
0: 85.
1: And I remember... (laughs) It was John who was saying, I heard you going, but I didn't really see you going much of anywhere and was giving me uh, <laughs> some gripe about that. I'm
0: like... Oh, he gave me some gripe <laughs> about that. He told me, like, what kind of card did he give Caroline? Like, I heard her. She was floored, but God damn, that thing is slow. And I was just like, oh, man. I, I didn't know if he was, like, really, like, talking crap or if he was trying to, like, let me know that something was wrong. And clearly... It might have been both. It was a little bit of both. (laughs) It was probably a little bit of both. But so there was an incident that I went through from my perspective um, uh, out on track. But describe to me like the events leading up to now our infamous uh, camber arm. (laughs) Uh, Not necessarily failure. Well, it's kind of a failure.
1: Uh, I would say it's safely in the realm realm of a failure given what happened. Yeah. So, this was the second session. My lap times are still abysmal because I'm still filling out the car and everything else. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, um, the gas pedal hits the floor a lot in this car, <laughs> <laughs> There was of what it does.
0: But that was his design—is for you to be able to use flat out.
1: Yeah. Uh, in the future, when this car goes into like TT six, there will be a dent on the floor <laughs> from me, like They're literally just buried, just buried. <laughs> the gas pedal into the floor. Yeah. Anyway, so second session. I want to say like maybe three or four laps before the end of this uh, session itself. Hooking up some good laps, getting some good feel, and then I want to say about third lap before the checkered come down to um, you know, wrap everything up. I'm going through the Omega. I'm still trying to figure out my line and mm-hmm. especially with the gearing. I'm like two three f- fast for second, too slow for third. I'm like, whatever, I'll we'll figure that out later. So coming down out of the Omega and uh, exiting and slowly turning the car to the right so we can put it toward the right of the track, so that way I can go ahead and have a nice smooth turn in for turn, I believe it's six? Uh,
0: turn five.
1: Turn five, the yeah. one before the hill. Yeah. So I'm moving over to the right, everything feels fine, I start turning the wheel to the left, I'm like... Oh, something feels a little bit vague all of a sudden. Um, The tires had grip, so it wasn't that. But then I'm just like, oh, there's some push going on. (laughs) Like the car
0: was understeering. The car
1: was understeering, and the amount of response that the car was giving me for the amount of wheel turning that I was doing suddenly didn't match oh
0: okay.
1: so there was a point in my mind you have like that snap second thought where it's like am i going off and you do that really quick self-assessment of if, if i'm going off i'm gonna prepare to go off mm-hmm. versus i can safely keep the car on the track and i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing i immediately knew car is not going off i have grip for days i just need to keep turning the wheel a little bit more a little bit more And Mm -hmm. then we got through turn five, back on the gas to turn six, um, shifting from third to fourth as I'm crossing the hill. Eight and nine go by swimmingly, and I'm like, all right, let's safely pull the car in. And then it was right as I was going through the hot pits and I looked down at the wheel that instead of being at, like, nine and three, I'm, like, at, like, seven (laughs) Like one,
0: and the car's going straight, and you're just like
1: and I'm just crossed like, up. Yeah, I'm like the steering or the Honda logo on the steering wheel is not pointing straight up anymore. <laughs> So then I bring it in, all of a sudden turning just gets really strange just because it's like, okay, your brain is like off the racetrack and you're like in the safety of the paddock. And then uh, I'm like, hi, Mae, I need your help. Um, the steering wheel looks like this and the wheels are still straight.
0: Well, I mean, the way you told me was you came out, you're like, I don't know what happened, it's broke. Yeah, pretty much. That's the. Uh, <laughs> I don't <remember> oh, know what <laughs> happened. It's broke. It's Here, broken. Fix, fix it. it. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh shit, and I, I mean, it it was really blatant what happened. I mean, I walked up to it and it went from looking like I had two and a half degrees of negative camber to looking like it had it had uh, four degrees of positive camber. So it, it was pretty blatant what happened. And then after talking to Marcel. We figured that part out, and I don't know, like, before that, before turn 5, I mean, I don't know if you felt anything during turn 1, because that's the only other hard left-hander there, but I I feel like just the amount of load into turn 5, like, you get to really feel it in turn 5, because you're coming downhill. You're
1: coming downhill, you're loading up the front of the car. All of the weight is now on the passenger side front. So I'm guessing at that point, that camber plate was just like, no, I'm calling it a day and decided to slide.
0: Yeah. So we were able to fix that. And then we came in and while I was under there, I noticed, you know, a significant little pool of oil there. And I was just like, oh, crap. Because it was um, coming where the transmission and the uh, engine meet. So I was... Almost 99% sure that it was the rear main seal that had failed. So we called it a day after that.
1: Yeah, we called it a day. Uh, we finished up your instruction and all that stuff. Yeah. And then we babied the car back home.
0: Yeah, I think we stopped once for just to like top it off with oil, and it was like leaking significantly.
1: Yeah, so we stopped at the Shell station. I think it's over by Acton.
0: I think so. There's, like, a McDonald's there, I, I remember seeing.
1: Yeah, it's, like, a McDonald's. There's, like, a little truck stop.
0: Yeah, and um, then we, we poured oil into it, and I, I looked down, and I could actually see, like, little droppings from you, like, turning in, and I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, we need, we need to uh, just maintain the oil levels on that one, because it's like, whoa. I don't want to be spinning a rod bearing <laughs> um, what was then um, the old block. So. Yes. After that um, event, I got kind of over leaking oils and went to Bad Guys, swapped out the block, kept the head. Bad Guys Coal built me the entire block to be within spec for Honda Challenge. And yeah, that's what um, I ended up doing. We put everything together and we were ready to do uh, the Toge2Track to event. Where you and I both would drive. Um, pretty much you were going to be driving the majority of the sessions and then I was going to steal one. Yes. Like, towards the end. And hopefully I could, like, set a decent amount of, uh, a, a decent lap time. To give you an idea where we need to fall, and mind you, this car is nowhere near optimized. Like, it still has full interior, AC, power steering, cruise control. It hasn't been gutted or weighted or anything like that. We're not even on the spec tire that we're supposed to be on, the 225 Toyo RR. We're right now on the R888Rs, 205s, where the RRs are going to be um, two twenty five. So that that's, like, a lot of grip difference, and that's definitely going to affect the way that we're going to be driving the car, so... The goal, or really the lap time that we're trying to get to, is a 145, 144. I, I forget what Debbie is doing. And to give you an idea, that's two seconds slower than what I was doing in my Silver Civic. And my Silver Civic, again, is kind of like this one. It's not, it's, it doesn't have a lot of performance stuff down to it just because I want to keep it reliable and made for seat time so the toge to track event how how was your initial impressions of it because toge to track is kind of like a really small organization and it's I think for the most part all of their events are Fridays only
1: yeah they're largely Fridays so it makes seat time much more affordable but you have to take the time off work obviously yeah. um this was my first time running a much smaller organization. I'm used to NASA. A um, couple Speed Ventures events here and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so smaller group. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. So there was a lot of question marks floating around through my mind. Yeah. But overall, once we got into the group of things, we got into the driver's meeting everything else. It, I really loved the organization. They did a really great job for the resources that they had, the prices yeah. that they were charging, yeah. the people they had on the team. It was really well run.
0: Yeah, no, they did a good job uh, for their um, for essentially what they're trying to do, and I think um, you were in the intermediate. Yes, so I was in the intermediate group. And what what other cars were you like messing around with? Because I I did hear from another guy with an E.G. I don't know, like what engine he was running, but he was telling me that you were doing good, and of course John had that. Uh, Lindemann, who's from uh, Corner Speed Tuning, formerly of Corner Speed Tuning. Um, he also gave some uh, positive feedback, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, it's uh, when you have uh, Lindemann behind you in your rear views in all three of your mirrors, you go faster by yeah. nature.
0: <laughs> and I mean, Lindeman's in an S2000, and AP2, so it's an 05, I believe. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, but that run group also had a very diverse group of cars Mm -hmm. ranging from i believe i was the slowest most underpowered thing there in terms of stock things
0: i I Um, would probably agree with that
1: yeah i'm pretty sure this car doesn't break 120 horsepower on a good day with like cold air
0: (laughs) well we'll find out soon we'll find out soon
1: um but like the usual mix there was a couple mustangs there there were some camaros there Mm -hmm. was there was a built uh ek i believe oh okay um with some sort of swap because i'm like there's no way that car makes that much power and gaps me that hard in the streets without something going on
0: (laughs) so big willow is a track that has like two half mile long straights so power when you get up into the straightaways it becomes very apparent like this isn't a track where if you have a miata on hoosiers you're going to be able to Pull away from like a decent driver in a Corvette. Like on the straightaways, they are going to have almost enough uh, room to really catch you and pass you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a high speed track and a don't lift track um, in terms of anything with less than 200 horsepower.
0: Yeah, it's is for momentum cars. It's really about conserving the amount of momentum. And I mean, this is the first time for both of us driving a car at this level um, with a lot of grip and very little power.
1: Yeah, makes things fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: makes it very confidence-inspiring to really, like, turn in there. And to give you an idea, Caroline is an HPD 3 driver, and um, Caroline did really well, so you did uh, three sessions, no, four or was it three?
1: It was four sessions, then you got the fifth one, and then we boned out for the sixth one because it started raining.
0: That's right, because it started to sprinkle right as I jumped in for my session.
1: Yes, and then it got really windy and really cold again.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's something we didn't even touch on, but yeah, so at the track, um, Willow is very windy, and that day specifically was super cold. Because both you and I were wearing our race suits, and we just didn't take them off because, like, Nomex already doesn't breathe, so exactly it it just makes it that much nicer to like have that going, and you know you stay warm because it was so freaking cold, and that that really I I think on um, obviously on what was it uh, John from ninety one octane he He kind of had the the bad end of um having old and cold r compound tires, yes. so the first sessions out there how how did you what were your biggest te- takeaways in your first session out with an with a different group
1: The first session out well starting with i guess the base level of you know myself in the car was we have a fully rebuilt engine. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears and frustration mm-hmm. into this thing. Um, I need to not blow up the engine. That was my first goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, short of you doing a money shift, like, this car is uh, pretty, pretty well sorted.
1: Yeah. So, first session is the first session, as with, you know, with any uh, organization. Um, you know, you're feeling out the car. You're getting the tires warmed up. You're like, okay, like, what am I doing? How's the track conditions? Um, you know, for the first, time, I want to say at least two or three laps. Um, and kind of getting yourself into the, okay, I'm on the, I'm driving the track mindset and then slowly building up your pace. Um, so first session for me was a complete wash because the rear tire pressures were just all over the place.
0: Yeah, that was something that, well, I, since I was instructing and doing the lead and follow, I didn't get a chance to actually like inspect the tire pressures.
1: Yeah, the, so the fronts were set at... 29 coming off the freeway so it's not necessarily hot or not necessarily cold i would say it's like lukewarm um and the rears were i think at 19 and i'm just like oh it's my time to go up i guess we're just gonna have the rear end bobble on <laughs> you'll see what happens
0: and then after um, um i think uh, john from
1: uh it was oh, lindeman yeah uh, he let me borrow his uh air pump there Um, we got all the tire pressure set to, uh, 29 off the track. So again, it's not necessarily hot, like fresh off the track, not necessarily cold because they haven't had a full chance to rest. I would say again, it's like 29 warm, um, is the best way to describe it.
0: That and with all the wind and the track being just consistently cold and slightly overcast at times. Yeah. It was um, pretty easy for the tires to cool down. I don't don't think the tires were really good enough to temp. And, I mean, to be fair, it's your first time driving. Because the first time you went out was in February uh, 2020. Yes, in this car. And then um, this Toge to to Track event, was that? Uh, January sixteenth right or something yeah, like
1: it was that. like a few weeks ago from the reporting of this yeah. Uh... oh,
0: yeah, so it almost a year of no actual sea time, but it was the same track that you went into, so that was good,
1: yeah, well, there was also uh I think it was the April NASA event, but we went into in the Miata on that one, so it's not quite apples to apples there,
0: yeah,
1: um. But yeah. So second session was a lot better. We get the tire pressure squared away. The air temperature warmed up by like a degree and a half. So I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I'm like, okay, I have uh, most of my shift points figured out. Most of my turn ins figured out my breaking points. So I've had a, a pretty good mental map of the basics. So then it's like, where can I push? Where can I get a little bit faster? Where can I shave off a little bit more time? Can I turn in a little bit tighter here? Or should I adjust my line ever so slightly on the exit here? All those little things because I'm in a car, again, that makes no power. And the <laughs> uh, accelerator only goes so far down on the floor. Yeah. So it's not of... I have power in the bank, so to speak, to kind of rely on, but I have to rely on physics to go as fast as I can.
0: Yeah, so. it's definitely maintaining all of that momentum. So in the second session, um, were there other cars that you were able to kind of, like, keep a pace with or stuff like that?
1: Mechanically speaking, not really. Um, there were a few drivers in much more powerful cars, obviously. They just got the point by. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, second session, not really. I wasn't too worried about like um, cooking up the fastest lap time ever. But the second session was spent a lot on like, can I clean up my line? Can I do this? Can I do that? And then going into the third session was where I'm like, okay, I have everything more or less figured out. More gas pedal at this point. And turning in a little bit faster, approaching the corners a little bit hotter, things like that. And then that's where a lot of the cars that are right there in terms, actually, no, not right there, but that are mechanically clearly better equipped than the EG. But the driver uh, skill is very different. Hmm. Then that's where it was like, hey, like, I gave you the point by, but I'm catching every single corner now. Uh. Or if it's coming out of a corner, for example, it's like, if you want to pass me, you're going to have to work for it, and then I'll give you a point
0: by. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like you're trying to block people. And, again, no. with, with this car, like, you could be flat out, and it's, it's, it's not going to move. <laughs> like, you're not blocking people by staying buried in it. I mean, most cars are going to be able to easily pass it.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh when i'm looking down the speedometer i'm like oh my goodness i'm coming out and i'm doing like 95 on the front straight compared to like last year's 85 and that's I'm a fi- huge
0: accomplishment
1: yeah and i'm like oh my gosh i'm cooking it down the front straight and then there's you know like a portion nine eleven that just blows past you it's like <laughs> all right i've been humbled all right let's keep cruising <laughs> next lap
0: yeah so then we go into your third session and i think that was your fastest lap right No, the fastest lap was my fourth session. Your fourth session. All right. So we're jumping ahead a little bit. So what happens in the third session? Anything of note or?
1: The third session was when my confidence started coming back. Mm. Um, For anyone who doesn't know my brief history here, um, I've been coming off a really bad injury to my left hip, which is the clutch Mm -hmm. hip, which is the one that went out when I had the WRX. So, a lot of my confidence just went out the door in terms of, can I drive again? Can I still handle this? Because also we replaced the clutch and the flywheel in this car, so it's very WRX-y feeling.
0: Oh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, we kind of skipped over that. So before the event, um, I've mentioned this before, I am not a mechanic not trained. I'm um, kind of like maybe some of you out there where you know you watch a couple YouTube videos and you're like, "Oh, okay. I see where they're getting stuck and how I can prevent that." And I when when we swapped out the engine, I got an Xedi stage 1 like replacement whatever, and it was fine. It's good, perfect. And then one day I was driving home and we live on top of a very steep hill and all of a sudden the car was just like I was I could I could put all the gas I wanted but it wasn't moving it was only going to do like 10 miles an hour and then eventually as I'm going up the hill it's just like I'm in first gear at four grand and the car's going backwards so what ended up happening was I got a little bit too um not greedy but too fantastic um, <laughs> i got I, I got too much uh grease into the input shaft because i i saw that and i'm like dude let's just make sure it's nice and greased and lubricated and i got the correct one i got um what was it i i looked up the on the honda manual and looked up the type of uh, grease you're supposed to get and i ended up using too much and what happened um, I think it even happened to one of the guys that I follow on uh YouTube. Um Refined Movement grease got into the into the clutch and into the like brake pad material and it just it it caused it to take a shit. So essentially the clutch was out and this was like three weeks before the event and I was just like, damn it. So I ended up getting a clutch from uh, Bad Guys Cole. Uh, Cole from Bad Guys and since like I've mentioned previously he lives or lives uh, his shop is like 15 minutes away from where I live and I was able to call in for help to get the transmission on and off and we got a new uh, clutch in there but the clutch that I went with was the one that Cole has had in stock which is um, I, I, I think Cole does more like drag racing stuff for for road racing. Most of the time, unless you're doing like standing starts, uh, a normal clutch, if you're not making so much power, it's fine. And I ended up getting the action clutch stage one or whatever. And it's, it's not super heavy, but it's heavier than like what we're used to. And I mean, Caroline drives a Miata and, my Civic is still like the silver one is still like an Exetti OEM replacement. So this one has the heaviest clutch out out of all of us. So it's like it it took a little bit to get used to because it bites a little bit harder. And I also got a lightweight flywheel from Cole. So yeah, he, he hooked it up, so I'm I'm very happy with that. And Caroline <laughs> had to deal with that and i i did feel kind of bad because you know that was one of the things she kind of liked about the eg was how light the clutch was
1: Yeah, how light the clutch was and as soon as you know before the event we were doing kind of our practice laps around town so i can get reacquainted with the clutch oh yeah yeah, yeah. um definitely all the ptsd from the wrx and my hip falling apart and all of those other things, like, just came immediately back into mind.
0: But it's not that bad. Like, the clutch isn't that bad.
1: Now, the biggest difference with this clutch and the one that was in the WRX stock and um, after uh, we replaced it was that the press down is very similar to the WRX, but the up is much more fluid mm. um, and much more predictable. So it's less... Um, release legwork, so to speak,
0: uh,
1: um, compared to what the Super was.
0: Yeah.
1: But anyway, so going back into uh, the third session. Yeah. That's where it was like, okay, I figured out the clutch. I figured out the steering. I figured out the grip, more or less, in this car. Like mm-hmm. I had all of that stuff like mapped out in my mind. Let's go faster. Let's go faster. And then that was when we stuck the lap timer and the GoPro in the car.
0: Yeah, because at least for the first two. Um... And this is something that I think is helpful for anybody who's out there their the first time. You want to get kind of acquainted with the track and get yourself like all sorted out and really like lay out where you're going to be breaking, where you're going to be um, kind of pushing or not pushing and have that without the stress of a lap timer being recorded At least for the first time, I I think you could go out there with, like, a GoPro and just record just in case you see something weird. But that's very helpful to kind of clear your mind and have a lot less things going on as you go into, like, more of your aggressive runs. And this is obviously we're talking about beginner stuff. If you're doing time trials or wheel-to-wheel, obviously this doesn't apply to you.
1: Or if you're an overthinker like me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where uh, having a lap timer um, is also anxiety inducing because you, because you feel like you have to justify your driving by constantly staring at the thing.
0: Or, or justify the la- the numbers that are reading out. It's like, oh, well, it's because of this or, oh, well, it's because of that.
1: Yeah, it's like you're like, oh, the car is doing this rather than like looking inwardly. As mm-hmm. yourself, as a driver, going, like, yeah. what can I do to be smoother and better around the track?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, back in session three was when we started tracking lap times. And I'm like, all right, for this car and where my driving's currently at, I'm like, I'd be happy with, like, you know, more or less around, like, a two-minute lap. I think it was more than reasonable.
0: Uh, I yeah. would say that's more than fair.
1: Yeah, so my average lap times, I think, were, like, 201, 202, some, like, two flat. It just mm-hmm. kind of depends. And... um yeah, that was pretty much session three it was just kind of like, OK, I have my benchmarks and having that data initially of just at least lap times in my own feedback of like, OK, how did the car feel here? How was my mood or my thought process here? Like all those little things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think after that was our lunch break. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah. We had a pretty decent lunch break.
1: And um, that's when I could just, like, process everything for the first half of the day. And I'm like, all right, I have my game plan for the fourth session now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then the fourth session, that was your fastest lap, right?
1: That was my fastest lap. Also, it's a very good motivator when uh, Lindemann is behind you in an <laughs> S2000. And you're just, you gave him, you give him a point by, and He's like, no, I'm just going to stay here and watch you for a second.
0: <laughs> well, John was going through his own little problems because yes. he was on really, really old RS4s.
1: Yeah, RS4s. And he's learning the rear wheel drive platform now.
0: I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I know this is a primarily front wheel drive uh, podcast, but between front wheel drive and rear wheel drive, there's like little nuances that you could do different. Like there's like, but for the most part, everywhere where I'm sticking the car, if I was in the Miata, I'd be placing the car pretty much the same spot throttle positions braking might be a little bit different but it's it's not like if you drive a front-wheel drive and then you go out in a rear-wheel drive you're gonna loop at the first turn because you just don't know yeah, I exactly. think if you're if you're sensitive enough to feel like what the vehicle is doing you' you're gonna be able to listen to the vehicle and then um, try and work with it as you go out on the track so. Fourth session, your fastest session, or how did it feel like to hit that fast lap time for you?
1: Oh, it's just, like, it sealed the deal for the day. Um, My previous, I think, fast lap time during the third session was, like, a high 159 or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, I would be so happy if I can, like, knock off, like, a couple seconds more. Just, you know, something not too aggressive, but not too, I guess, like, too light of a goal either. Mm Mm-hmm. And so um, that was where I'm like, okay, every lap knock off, you know, a fraction of a second. That was kind of the mentality that I had Mm -hmm. and only check the lap timer during the front straight, you know, like wiggling out your fingers and kind of like recentering yourself and Mm -hmm. gearing up for the next lap. So I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. And then I saw the number steadily and consistently decreasing and I'm just like, Okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. And I think it was the second to last lap or third to last lap. I need to look at the lap timer again my Instagram photo. <laughs> yeah. Um. In terms of that was the 155 and
0: change. I think it was a 156. That's if 156. I was 156. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say it was a 156. I'd have to look it up.
1: You can pull up my Instagram.
0: Yeah, so... The one fifty six was the lap time that you ended up doing.
1: Oh yeah, and then you ran the next session and you got like a one fifty five and change.
0: So, oh, here we go. It was the sixth lap, and it was a one fifty six point nine three. And your max speed on the Aim Solo lap timer was uh, ninety four miles an hour, and your minimum speed was forty six. And that was your, your minimum speed was pretty much the highest in the, in that lap. And consistently, like you were saying, you were kind of dropping the lap time and then just one, you just nailed it.
1: Yeah. That was the one where, again, when you have Lindemann behind you, you're like, <laughs> I have to prove
0: myself. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I'm not going to let him follow a slouch. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, okay, remember the race line, like point, let the car, you know, swing out and, like, utilize every single inch available of the track Um, because that's where physics and everything come into play in terms yeah. of the efficiency of the car and your capabilities as a driver. So that's where I'm like, okay, I can be faster through turn five. Like, I used to be a little bit slower, but I'm like, no, let's push a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Get on the gas a little bit sooner. Um, Get more confident with letting the engine rev all the way out because, again, yeah. this is my first car where... I don't have a payment on it. (laughs) I mean, we don't want to
0: blow it up, but still, like, you can, you can, I I don't think we bounced it off the rev limiter, at least when I was driving it. I don't know if you did.
1: Uh, I bounced off the rev limiter going up the Omega because I had that battle between second and third gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But in terms of, I have more room to be more aggressive because Mm -hmm. my natural state is a more aggressive driver. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And when I saw that 156, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy with that. Like, for the car is... And that's still a
0: huge accomplishment. Yeah.
1: For the way that the car is, where my driving was at, Mm -hmm. um, coming off the hip injury and all this other stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'm proud of that. I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to be faster the next time I'm here.
0: And the good thing is that we knew that this was a test session to make sure... If there's anything that goes wrong with the car, we're able to address it and then go out to the NASA event, which we're going to be going out to, um, and kind of handle things there. And the fifth session, that's when I got a chance to drive, because I, originally I was going to jump into the fourth session, but you were like, no, I want to drive it, I want to keep going, and I'm like, dude... Because that was, again, this this whole build, like, my biggest fear was, what if Caroline gets in the car and she hates it? And I was just like, fuck, that's going to suck. Because, like, <laughs> I'm already, like, way committed in this car. And, you know, the whole design of, like, what shocks to get and what spring rates to go with were kind of all all done with the idea in the back of my mind that I have to make this car comfortable for... Caroline, so not too twitchy but then again not super plowy so you took the fourth session and then the fifth session it started to sprinkle yes and that's where john was like hey man my tires already suck so i'm not gonna go out again and i was like oh man i wanted you to like follow so that i could have some video of me driving and then i'm just like crap we get called out for intermediate or whatever. So I, I jump into the car and mind you, I haven't driven it at all that day. I didn't even do any ride along, so I didn't get to feel what it was. And right before this, um, what's his face? Uh, John from 91 octane, the podcast, he had just spun on turn two, and ripped his uh, BMW M3 bumper off with yeah. the splitter. And I was just like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt so bad for him. And John, I, I, I'm i pretty sure he might hear this, but I, I still feel, like, a little bit bad, but I'm so proud of him, like, being able to pick himself back up. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him over at, at Big Willow again uh, with NASA because it, it's hard to take an L like that not even complete one lap, <laughs> and and then just, like, come back with your ego all bruised and to be able to pick yourself up and stay positive and push through. That was really impressive. So I saw the lap time you were doing, and then Lindemann came over to me, and he's like, dude, Caroline's fast. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, good. That's awesome. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. On turn two, she pulled two bus lengths on me, and I was like, oh, shit. So in my mind, I mean, look, I'll I'll be honest. I want to beat people, and anybody that drives my car, I want to beat them. Like, it it doesn't matter. Like, if you're in your car and somebody else goes out there and does the lap time, you want to beat that lap time. I love my fiance, but I still want to beat her. <laughs> like l- let's not let's not play around with trying to be like oh yeah. At the end of the day, the day, I don't care how much faster, but I need to be faster than my fiance, and I'm gonna push hard to do that. That that doesn't mean I'm gonna sabotage her or anything like that, but I am gonna try and go hard. And I'll be honest, guys, I had a really freaking try. So I went out and it started drizzling and I'm like, fuck. I I'm not I don't have good I don't have a good um track now. Now I have to be uh, Caroline's time like in the wet and I'm like, uh so as I'm going out, it's like very faint drizzles, not real drizzle, like people in the Midwest and East Coast are probably gonna be like, Oh, that's a bright sunny day for us like <laughs> that's like no real weather uh difference so i threw away all the data that i got from uh 91 octane john and i'm just like no fuck this first corner and i'm buried just buried chucking the car in as hard as i could throw it and i'm just like i passed two cars going out by the time that i get into turn three and mind you it's like a wrx and some some other black car i don't know what it was So the first time that I'm going out there, first running lap, I do a two-minute lap. And I'm, like, pushing. I'm flat through turn eight, like, flat from, like, turn five out. I'm just buried in it and then just hitting the break for turn nine. And I see two minutes, and I'm like, oh, shit. Caroline is going. If I just hit, like, I went pretty hard, and... I'm not near Caroline's time. I'm like, oh, no. I need to actually try really hard. So then the third lap, a 158.6. And I'm just like, nah, I can't. <laughs> I can't. We, So I'm just being more aggressive. And I'm like, all right, pick your break points. Hit them. Make sure you're back on gas. Try and figure out, like, the Omega. I think we got to a good consensus of what. We want to do is just like hold second gear and just rev it out, or bounce it off the limiter. Yeah. Especially with the stock gearing, so I'm just going at it. Freaking uh, lap three, one fifty eight. Lap four, one fifty nine. And I'm like, oh no, you're going
1: the wrong I'm way.
0: Going the wrong way, and then I'm just like, fuck this, like I need to do this. And mind you, the fuel level was low, was getting low. I think at that point.
1: Yeah, I think we were at a quarter.
0: I think we were at a quarter. Yeah, because we literally drove the car back and we didn't get any gas. Yeah, exactly. So I'm out there and I'm just like, nah, I got to beat that lap time. I got to beat that lap time. So I'm just like pushing as hard as I can. And lo and behold, I get a 155.16. And yes, it's a faster lap time. But when you look at our minimum and max speeds... Like, I hit 100 miles an hour on the GPS lap timer of the AIM Solo, and our minimum speed was the same. So, I mean, minimum speed kind of shows you, like, how good you're doing in the corners. And when it came down to it, Caroline did an awesome job. And mind you, she's HPD3. I have way more seat time with students and everything, so... It's kind of set up for me to do well, and the fact that she was so close with the lap time—I I have to say—I'm really proud of you, my love.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but turn nine and I are BFFs. You, yeah, you got to beat me on that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to look at the data to see who who's really doing better. But so far, um, like regardless, it's it's really impressive what you were able to do. I I've heard from. Numerous other people that you were doing awesome over there. And communication from you in terms of uh, giving point bias and everything. I, I know you always knock it out of the park with that. And, you know, now we have a good amount of data that we can go back and forth. We have some information of uh, what we can do. And we have our work <laughs> cut out for us. This car is not going to give us the lap times easily and we really have to push. So I think for now, um, that's really going to be the goal moving forward is how to knock these lap times down and how to be more aggressive.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm used to tempering my aggressiveness (laughs) um, between the mini and the WRX and the Miata, just because again, Mm -hmm. those cars have payments (laughs) and they're my everyday cars. Um, But with this one, It's clearly, I don't, we don't have a payment on it. Obviously we want to keep it in, you know, as healthy of a state as possible, but everything else, um, definitely my natural aggressive state will be coming out more and more and more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's really what I wanted is, uh, for you to feel comfortable enough to really push it in this car. And I'm very happy with uh, the results of our to track event. And um, we'll be looking forward to improving and shaving down uh, lap times at this uh, upcoming NASA event. Yeah,
1: that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference with this NASA event is that um, the field of cars will definitely be more on the higher end of the power spectrum.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, yeah, the HPD three driver is going to be a, a little bit of a higher and more consistent caliber in terms of how they're taking the lines and whatnot but i I think you're you're going to be doing very well there's like a couple areas where we're going to work on and uh get more comfortable but i think with that I, we have an episode so yeah anything else you want to add um uh, i will kick your ass in terms of that <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I'll do my best to uh, beat you.
1: I have the power to weight ratio advantage That is by true. <laughs> I,
0: I have more ballast, naturally. So, theoretically, that means that me going faster already shows that I've overcome a even greater handicap than you. Exactly. So, so that, that's a more of a feather in my cap, if you will. But, yeah, with that, um, that's this episode. And... Just want to say thank you. Um, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe um, on all the media players that allow me to <laughs> upload. Uh, so Stitcher, Podbean, um, Google Podcasts. That one's for some reason, it tends to like upload kind of late. Uh, Stitcher still does it really well. And um, I am going to be moving away from uh, SoundCloud just because uh, I'm cheap. can afford the storage fees but with that thank you very much and if you want to reach out to me go ahead and reach out to my instagram i'm pretty active there at the race ff pod and thank you yeah that's good Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be faster. <laughs>